podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our weekly live show. Uh, Before we get into it, remember, we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company, the single greatest brewery in the entire state of Kansas. Uh, Get in there every time you head to Manhattan. Uh, Very soon, it sounds like they will be distributing in our neck of the woods here in the Kansas City metro. So once that happens, uh, be sure to politely tell your favorite liquor store that you want Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, tonight will be a fun one. Obviously, not as fun as uh, you know a few Tuesdays ago, but hey, we're gonna have fun nonetheless. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we got the Sunflower Showdown. We have a massive game on. Saturday with Texas, and then another one on Tuesday with TCU. We finally have a Big 12 football schedule, and Thad Ward is heading off to uh, Illinois, and we'll talk about that a little bit depending on uh, how much time we have, how everything else goes. Uh, We might come up with a wild card topic uh, to get going. Uh, I'll just kind of start off with my Sunflower Showdown thoughts. I hopefully will not have to talk much about that on the episode that we'll release on Monday. Hopefully we have a big win versus Texas to talk about instead. Uh, but I'll just get my thoughts out there before we move on to everyone else who is here tonight. First and foremost, uh, it, it was a, it, it wasn't fun. It was not a fun game. Um, my perspective, and people can feel free to disagree with this perspective, and I'm, I'm sure people will. Uh, th- I, I felt like there was a lot of folks last night who were taking their love of Jerome Tang and trying to turn that game into something that, from my point of view, my perspective, it was not. I saw a lot of folks saying, hey, at least this team didn't shut down. Hey, at least this team uh, didn't let the stadium get to him. Hey, at least Jerome Tang didn't let everything get to him. I could not disagree more. I think in that first half, especially that final five minutes, we saw Jerome Tang. We saw this basketball team uh, act just like every other K-State team has ever acted in Allen Fieldhouse except for one. Uh, in my entire life. Uh, Jerome Tang did not keep his composure. Jerome Tang did not keep his head in the game. Uh, he got that technical, no matter how he wants to phrase it, no matter how other K-State fans want to phrase it, he let the crowd and he let that game get the best of them early on in the game. It didn't fire us up. It did not help the team. Didn't really help any calls start going the other way. 
uh, just put them on the line and let everyone know, hey, he let them get into his head. Now, the second half was much better, and yes, that is good. But I, I just – I have to call balls and strikes as I see them. I, I did not see this, oh, uh, a new type of team. Because uh, for better or worse, that, that game looked very much like the game last year in Lawrence from my point of view. Now, everyone is free to their own opinion. And I'm guessing that this is probably going to be one of my stances that is least like that I've done this podcast in a really long time. That's how I saw it. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of how it is. I'm hoping to see a, a lot better game versus Texas. I hope we see a lot more of that team we saw in the second half than in the first half. Uh, but but I think this team was utterly rattled, unprepared, and uh, just even the easy stuff, the hustle plays, uh, we did not make. We were out coached. We were not ready in that first half. That's my point of view. I call balls and strikes the best I can, even despite being a massive fan of this team, of uh, Jerome Tang. Um, but that was just my perspective. Let's go first to uh, Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis uh floor is yours man what what do you think of that sunflower stage or sunflower show? uh on the sunflower showdown i wasn't nervous this time and maybe that's that was a bad sign i don't know i was i was having a beer before the game and uh instead of my wife telling me go why don't you go, go get a beer when i was freaking out in the first time the two met but in this one it was just a really weird game but like you said, it's it's like all most almost every other game that K State's ever played at Allen is is just weird. It's not the team that we know and love, and it's everything's different. And it's hard not to let that many people being that loud and crazy. And I think the officials get bent by it. Also, uh, that's what goes on there. And so Tang got a little taste of that, but you know, he, he said, we got to wash this. We got to flush it, get it behind us, look ahead. So it's hard not to look back and, and see uh, things like calling a light touch a foul and then the, a double team clobber schnobble on our end and they swallow the whistle and it's, just too many turnovers early when KU wasn't playing that well. Uh, yet we let them have 15 points off the turnovers to our five in the first half. That's terrible. Um, missed umpteen layups or point blank range shots, even an air ball layup by Naquan. Um, it was just pretty bad. Everybody was kind of rattled and, and shaken and they can't say they weren't. Um, Cam Carter and one should have been would have gotten us within seven with some momentum. And instead it's a phony charge and KU scored on the next possession to go back up by 12. So many opportunities like that, where we could have gotten back in the game and made it maybe a different outcome or at least close going down to the wire. Uh, But KU always found a way to jerk it back up to 10, 11, 12, 14, um, and that's, it, it was too big of a hole in the first half to dig their way out of in the second. So many missed opportunities and, um, I, it, it's just move on horns already down for Texas. Yeah. The, the, the one thing I will say, Tang says, wash it away. That's, that's fine. We, we've responded very well 
uh, after losses. I will say after starting two and overs, uh, two great teams, uh, we are now on a three-game road losing streak. So uh, Saturday was always the most important one with your horns down. Uh, let's go to Cali Mike next. Cali Mike, uh, Sunflower uh, Showdown Reflect. Um, I agree with a lot of what <clears throat> Emi Elvis said. I, I think, uh, you know, we were just, we were off uh, big time. And, you know, I, I think it probably just had to, had to be the hype around it. Um, probably a lot of that. I think that um, that place got into the players' heads. Uh, and if you think about it, we have basically two guys on our team that had ever really played there. I don't know if any of the transfers did on, uh, exhibition games or something like that, but, um, you know, the team just hadn't experienced it before. And that place has some sort of curse on it that, uh, reflects on the, the visiting teams. And I don't know how Iowa state, they caught KU for who they are. Um, but yeah, we, we just weren't on. We didn't hit the shots that we needed to. Um, we definitely could have been in that game. Um, whereas, you know, in previous years, I would have said, you know, we just don't have a chance. I think that this team always has a chance still um, and always can win a game. Uh, we just had an off night. It wasn't a good one. Let's go next to Ethan Brown, the ambassador. Ethan, thoughts on last night's? Well, every all the negative points that have been said have been said. Um, you know, Coach Tang is is human. He's fallible. This team is uh, there. There's the expectations. We have to remember the expectations that we set out at the beginning of the season. We can't move the goalposts around um, too much. And um, yeah, we're zero of three on the last three on the road, but. Um, it's still a great season, and um, you know, as the kids say, I'm pressed, but I'm not too. Well, you might have to teach me some of the slang, and I do want to say this, despite what I said up front. Um, you're completely right. At, at this point, if we went on Saturday, uh, we are back to tied for being first place in the Big Twelve. Uh, we are going to the tournament. We are playing for seeding. We are playing for. Uh, trophies. Uh, this season is almost, there's almost nothing that could happen that could take away from this being a great success. Uh, so I don't want anything I said, or I, I'm, a, I'm sure I don't, I, I'm speaking for everyone. I don't think any negative feelings surrounding last night does anything to take away uh, from how great a season this has been. Um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, there's no sense in trying to make up false narratives, which I've seen quite a bit of on Twitter and on message boards uh, from some folks. But at the same time, there's no need to melt down. Folks, we're, we're playing we, – we have the toughest game left on our schedule on Saturday. And if we win that game, uh, folks, we're right back in the driver's seat for, to win the entire Big 12 in year one under Jerome Bank. Things are still good, no matter uh, how ugly – last night was and just kind of a little bit more of the same uh from my perspective let's go to the coffee fiend nick hashtag no free ads but got a a shipment of uh standard issue coffee just recently brewed it up some of it this morning great coffee nick uh perspective on last night's game yes uh, i was wondering if you got that or not so uh, thank you again for ordering it um yeah, last night's game was frustrating because we all know this is not the, the team that we 
know and uh, have seen before. Um, Callie Mike beat me to it. Um, only Keys and Ish have seen the atmosphere of Allen. And I mean, other than Keontae playing in Florida, there's really no other players that have experienced a true uh, college basketball, like student section arena, like they did at Allen Fieldhouse. So going in, I knew it was going to be rough. Not rough, but tough. But not like the way it was. I mean, we held Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick to pretty reasonable points, but everybody else did their job on the bench and uh, the supporting players for KU did their thing. So, I mean, we need to brush up on what we need to work on to shutting all of them down. Um, and this is just a learning moment in Jerome Tang's career, um, what he needs to do in order to be – KU at Allen for the house. I think that um, we, if we limit our turnovers in the first half, we have a real shot at winning. Um, that's that's my thing. Like, just like uh, Emil Ellis said, uh, we got to wash it out and uh, move on and horns down. We'll go next to uh, Logan, then Cole, then Will. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Scott. I appreciate it. It just felt like a game that K-State was not going to win when you got uh, the point guard and McCuller knocking down three-pointers when they haven't been doing that all year. So just one of those things when KU just has that luck when uh, they're in the building in that uh, Allenville house. And it's just, it's just annoying. It really is. And there's nothing you really can analyze about the game that uh, – is going to make it any better. I feel like it's just Allen Fieldhouse is what it is. And you go into that game not expecting to win, and that's what happened. And to keep it close, I thought was 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 great for Kansas State. I think you got a very good schedule coming up in front of them with Texas. I mean, that's going to be a tough game. But then you're catching TCU without Mike Miles. Then you got Texas Tech. So you got a couple of games in front of you that uh, – Looks very beneficial, K-State's schedule. And if you're chasing this Big 12 title, you got to beat Texas on Saturday. And you got to play a little more defense than what they did in Austin. And you got to play a little more defense than you did in Allen Fieldhouse. But I also like to mention that college basketball is just getting unwatchable when you shoot 70 free throws per game. I think it was bad on both ends, and it was bad for a viewer. I think a KU fan could say the same. It's more of a charity strike contest and actually playing, I feel like, at some points. Um, but K-State is a good free throw shooter, shooting team, and that's something you couldn't say in the past. So they're going to stay in these ball games because they're calling fouls, but it's just unwatchable, I feel like, sometimes. We'll go next to Cole and then um, – Yeah, I mean, kind of – What's been said before, but obviously felt like there was a lot of – couple times where we shot ourselves in the foot, you know, when we were kind of making a run. I mean, there's one that really stood out to me where I felt like the game was over. I think it was like the 345 mark, and we get a steal or a turnover or something, and we're driving down the court, and we get called for a carry. And I'm just like, dude, that is the game right there. It just, you know, that was our last chance to make a run. I think with a two two pointer there we would have been within eight points. Um, 
So it kind of felt like we didn't really play that well. Um, I don't know, maybe some silver lining. I feel like we didn't play well, but we still stayed within somewhat within striking distance the whole game. Um, but like everyone else has said, Saturday, outside of the whole rivalry aspect, is way more important uh, when you're looking in the scope of the- Yep, two massive games. Uh, quite frankly, this uh, is the most important two-game stretch rest of the way out. Uh, take care of business and – Folks, I mean, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be on this podcast, this live show, seven days from now, and uh, the vibes are going to be through the roof if we can take care of business at home. Uh, let's go to Will the Thrill next before we talk about those two big games. Will, unless someone pops up here uh, uh, in the next, you know, 90 seconds to 120 seconds, you're going to have the final word on the Sunflower Showdown before we uh, wash our hands of – uh, that game until next year. Oh, I uh, definitely look forward to washing my hands after that game. Um, it There were moments where we could see our true selves as a team, but um, just costly, costly turnovers. I, I feel like um, even though it, I haven't went back and looked at the stats, I feel like we did a better job of doing the rebounding, but it's kind of like, um, shifted to missing, you know, missing some opportunities in the in the paint. Um, so I I feel like they were, you know, kind of like it was mentioned by uh, Logan or Cole. Um, you know, as soon as we would get within reaching distance, they just kind of had an answer for it. Um, but uh, that being said, moving forward, uh, looking forward. Yep, you, you kind of cut out a little bit there, but I I, I uh, definitely got the gist of all of that. Let's move on and let's talk about that. These big two big games, uh, top twenty, top fifteen, hell, top fifteen games, back to back games in Bramlage Coliseum. We got the stripe out in Bramlage Coliseum, three p.m. Texas is coming to town. If you're going to the game uh, again. I'm stupid for caring about this type of stuff as much as I do, but check out what color you're supposed to wear. Let's make the stripe out look cool in Bramwich Coliseum. And then a Tuesday 8 p.m. game in Bramwich Coliseum versus TCU. We all remember what happened the last time we played TCU, so I'm sure that is one uh, that the boys will be excited for. But again, uh, on paper, according to Ken Palm, according to all the advanced uh, stats, uh, we got the toughest game left re- remaining on our schedule uh, on Saturday. It is the Texas Longhorns. They are currently alone at the top of the Big 12 after Iowa State absolutely pooped their pants uh, for a second straight game, losing at Texas Tech. Uh, so I, I want to hear everyone's predictions. I want to hear everyone's keys, uh, just stuff you'll be looking for in these next two games. Let's start off with Colorado Cole. Colorado Cole, uh, what are your predictions for Texas and then TCU? What are your keys for those games? What are you going to be looking for? I mean, prediction-wise, I mean, I just I feel like I got to go 2-0. It's the most important part of the season. We've seen these guys bounce back and step up in some really big games. So I'm feeling good about it. Um, one thing that – 
I would say maybe is concerning me a little bit is I just feel like our defense has not been outstanding uh, as of late, um, especially in Big 12 games. So I think I'd like to see the defense step up a little bit, but obviously that's a tall, tall task when you're playing two of the best teams. Yes, and uh, definitely gave up a lot of points uh, on the road versus both those teams. Uh, let's go next to Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis, two games in Bramlage Coliseum, uh, stripe out, and then a Tuesday night, late night uh, battle of the purple. Uh, so what are your predictions? What are your keys? What are you hoping to see? I like that they're home games. Uh, I like that we don't have any more ranked teams on the road, and I, that's a huge advantage, I think. KU still has to go on the road to Ames, to Fort Worth, and to Austin. And those games are going to be tough for them just because they're on the road and how the Big 12 plays at home. So the Cats are at home for the next two. That gives us a huge advantage. Our team can get juiced by the octagon of doom and the fans. Um, Let's do this. This might be the game where we score 100 again because there was hardly any defense in that game in Austin. Um, And you win 116 to whatever it was. I can't even remember Texas' score, but over 100 also. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pick the cat 101 to 91 in this one. And because both teams like to run and I think K state's just going to have, uh, a great day, uh, shooting the ball and, uh, the, the big dudes will take over the game and get their points. So, uh, I also like that David, David, the Dutchman is back and makes a difference even if he doesn't score a lot. And he, he had a decent game at KU, um, had a decent game against Florida. Didn't get many rebounds, but I think his presence on the floor gets the other guys in position to get more rebounds. Ish had six, I think it was, against Florida. Uh, that may be the most rebounds Ish Masood has ever had. I don't know as a K-Stater, um, but it's probably pretty close to that if it's not the most. So I, I think both of these games are going to be really good for the Cats, and, and they'll be glad to be at home. Yeah, and I, I know K-State fans will all be uh, trying to keep their ears peeled to hear about uh, Eddie Lampkin and uh, Mike Miles Jr. Will they be playing on Tuesday? Uh, I know I'm selfish. I'm not one of those guys who says, I want to play the best players possible. No, I, I hope they return uh, on Wednesday, and they do not play on Tuesday. So that's just the way I am. Uh, let's go next to Callie Mike. Callie Mike, what do you have? Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Colorado Cole here and uh, say we're gonna go two and zero. Not because we have to, but I know that we can, and I think that, um, you know, it could be to our detriment a little bit on the road, but the home crowd, the crowds that we've had this year at the Bram are just like, they're killing it. And I think that the team definitely feeds off of it and they use it. And when they go on the road, they don't have it. 
Um, and I think that that plays a factor. Um, so, you know, I just think, uh, I think we're, we're going to use that again and we're going to go two and O. Um, and I'm also going to throw this in there. I think that, you know, KU lost three in a row, then they beat Kentucky and they were number eight in the country. I think we were number seven. We lost to KU. We're going to beat Texas. And I bet we dropped to 12. Uh, you, you might be right, but overall, I, I, I don't lose too much sleep. I don't get too worked up over rankings, especially in college basketball. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to your resume and where you're seated. But uh, I would bet your hypothesis, your prediction probably is correct, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Let's go to Ethan and then we'll go up to Nick. Ethan, uh, are you going to be in the uh, best student section in America on Saturday and on Tuesday? Yeah, I, I'm going to be there. I just got to brag on our student section. It's it's truly one of a kind. I mean, you have your Camden Indoors. You have your <clears throat> your Barf Allens out there. But um, the brand's different, especially this year. I'm a, I'm a junior, and uh, seeing it, seeing it like this is just different. I mean, I was just at the women's game doing some tabling for uh, student foundation, K-State proud at the end of the month, by the way, donate for some t-shirts, but um, yeah, so I'm going to be there. We're going to get two dubs and uh, horns down all the way. And uh, I, 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 David, the Dutchman I like, but I'm going with the Holland hammer, Holland hammer. Sorry. Yeah. I like that one. I like that one as well. Um, if uh, if you can put any uh, website uh, in the chat, and I'll try to include it in the show description for the next few episodes, so folks can donate to K State Proud uh, if there's a way to do that digitally. Let's go to uh, Nick, then Logan, and then we'll finish up with Will again. Uh, Nick, what are you hoping to see in these next two, and any predictions? Oh, sorry, I'm printing off more orders um you're good man hey I, I i respect the hustle you don't have to apologize for that um predictions i mean i think the next two games obviously everybody else has said it uh it's vital to what we want to accomplish and i think um we will get the dub twice uh t- saturday and tuesday but one of the key things is especially when I noticed here in the last few games, we've been doing a lot of turnovers early in the game that just been killing us. So I think if we minimize the silly mistakes of making one-on passes or putting it in tight windows, I mean, I get it. Marquise does that and sometimes they're great. And sometimes it's, it's like, what the hell are you doing, man? So if we just minimize, play good, defensive, uh, fundamental basketball, we will be successful and we will be tied for first going into next week. I love it. Uh, Logan, and then we'll end with Will. Yeah, I think we go 2 0. I go that point. If somehow we beat KU, I think we'd have a letdown game. But I think you're right, Scott, that they will, uh, Tang will get the boys rolling this time around. And I think they got to start out hot, get the crowd into the ball game. So when they get that 20-point lead, they can maintain it and not let Texas get back into the game. I don't think they'll shoot 60% this time around from the field, but I think they'll have to still pass the ball and play some good defense and uh, hit some three-pointers, get the crowd in the game, like I said. 
Uh, TCU, I feel like it's hard to win in the Big 12, especially when you got two of your best players with Lampkin, Fat Lampkin out, and then Miles Mike. I don't think he'll play, or Mike Miles. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll say 2-0. I, I, I hope you're right. Um, and we'll see. I, I know that they were saying that Miles, uh, his injury wasn't as bad as they thought, and uh, it sounded like Lampkin was closer to being day to day. I don't. I don't. Is TC playing tonight? I don't know when their midweek game is, or if it happened yesterday, or what. Um, but I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that, uh, especially on the Saturday games as well. So uh, good stuff, Logan. And then uh, we'll end this one with Will. Will uh, predictions, thoughts, keys for the next two: Texas and TCU. Um, I, let's see here. I generally say that they're going to go two and O and when I do, they end up splitting it. So I'm going to reverse jinx and say one and one, but I do think that Tang is going to hammer on, um, layups. I think that Tang is going to focus on the turnovers and we're going to have those fixed and we'll go into both games. I love it. All right. Lots of good basketball stuff. Uh, Obviously, uh, the Monday episode will be uh, basketball heavy next week. I'm going to try to keep all my thoughts to myself uh, on these final two topics tonight before we maybe get to a wild card to end the night. Uh, But we're going to do a little football after a lot of waiting and after a lot of uh, funny stuff behind the scenes. we finally have our Big 12 schedule, and we have our 12-game schedule all ready for the 2023 football season. Your defending Big 12 champions uh, have five home games. Uh, you get Farmageddon to end the season. You have a rematch of the Big 12 championship with TCU. We get our old friends, the Baylor Bears at home. And then we get two of the newbies, Houston, and we open up Big 12 play at home with Central Florida. We have a super early bye week. Week five is our bye week. Then we start off the conference road slate at Oklahoma State on a Friday. And then we are in Lubbock, Texas. We are in Austin, Texas. And the Saturday before Thanksgiving, the uh, week 12 of 13, we are in Lawrence, Kansas at Bill Snyder Family Stadium West, where I'm sure there will be more purple than blue like it has been for the better part of three decades. Uh, Let's hear your guys' thoughts on the schedule. Like I said, I'm going to try my best to keep my thoughts to myself because I'll be talking about this next Tuesday in a football episode. Uh, But let's start with Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis, what are your thoughts on this Big 12 schedule? I'll start with dislikes. OU is not on our schedule. And probably one of the reasons for the delay of the Big 12 football schedule release is that OU was probably throwing a fit about having to come to Manhattan and risk losing four. Is it four of the last five? Um, So they get their way. And I'm not sure what to think about OSU on a Friday night. I've I've never really liked Friday night games competing with high school games around – uh, the state or any state, uh, 
but I don't know. There, there, there will be some extra exposure there, I suppose, because it's an only Friday night game to watch on TV, maybe, uh, or at least one of the biggest ones from a Power Five. So I'm not sure what to think about that one. Um, I do like that for the first conference game, we host a new Big 12 member with UCF coming to Manhattan and Kind of like 1996, K-State hosted Texas Tech in the inaugural Big 12 game. I think that was an 11 o'clock kick. There's some extra excitement built into that. Especially if it's an 11 o'clock kick, it'll be the first first game for UCF in the Big 12. And uh, that, that's going to bring some extra juice to it, I think, uh, for viewers across the country, uh, certainly in Florida, Um just in, in Big 12 land, I, I think that'll be a, a, a big deal. Um, I also like ending the regular season with Farmageddon because I think fans on both sides really get juiced up for that. So I'm, I'm saying juice too much, but I like it. Hey, nothing wrong with a, a lot of juice. I, I, I'm fine with it. Um, it. It will be interesting to see, uh, you know, how – the team and how the fans react again, I'm going to probably talk more about this uh, next Tuesday, but man, back to back, Sunflower showdown and then Farmageddon. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be a wild 14 days with the fan base. Yeah, it'll be fun though. It will be fun. Uh, let's go, let's go to will the thrill on this one. Will, what, uh, what do you think about uh, this uh, big 12 schedule? Overall, generally, <clears throat> I, I really, really like it. Um, I do have my gripes, and like Emal Elvis said, I was hoping to get <clears throat> OU because uh, it just so, it would have been so nice to hit him one more time in the mouth. But um, another con, I was hoping to have the one of our away games be at Provo because um, I really want to make that trip out there. I know we'll see it in the future, but... I was hoping that would be this 2023 season. And um, another con would have to be how many Texas teams we're playing. Um, It seems like I think we have like four or five of them. Um, That's nitpicking there. But uh, the, the pros, I would say there's a good balance of once we get to the back part of the schedule of a home way, home way. And I do like having both of those rivalry uh, games at the end of the year. I really like having the Sunday uh, sunflower showdown at the end of the year. And um, so to have Farmageddon at the back end of it, I think that it'll uh, be really good too. Um, but yeah, looking forward. Let's go to Colorado Cole next. Colorado Cole, what were your thoughts on the uh, Big 12 schedule once it finally got released? Yeah, um, obviously there's some things that we don't love about it, like the early buy sucks. Um, but I think, yeah, and there's a stretch in the middle there that seems like what we have – I saw like 40 days without a home game or something like that. Yeah, it'll it'll be 41 days in between home games uh, because we have uh, two away games or with one home game. It's 41 days with one home game because uh, there's one home game, I think two or three away games and a bye week in that stretch. 
Yeah, that's a long time. Um, but when you look at it, I really feel like it's starting to grow on me because I just see a lot of wins on that schedule. I mean, I'm just going game to game, and I feel like there's not a game on there we shouldn't. Yeah, it's going to be like Jameis uh, Winston just eating a bunch of dubs all season. Uh, let's go to Logan next. Logan, thoughts on the Big 12 schedule? Pro, I think the the schedule doesn't look daunting. I think you still got some tough teams on there. I think in the non-con, it, that tough team will be Troy. But I guess just having UCF and Houston on it, just looking at them, and I know they've been good throughout the last couple of years. They just seem like easy wins. And I know UCF has been pretty good in the past. But, you know, I think they'll have first-year jitters in the Big 12. Yeah, like I think it was Will saying that uh, it seems like a lot of wins. A con, I feel like if we go 12-0 and 0 with this schedule, do you think we get in a playoff? 100. I, I don't know. Oh, stop. If we, if we go 12-0 and 0, uh, and then especially if you win the Big 12 uh, title, uh, yes. Now, if you go 12-1 and 1, losing the Big 12 title, uh, it'll depend on other stuff. But I promise you, if we are an undefeated conference champion, uh, there's zero doubt in my mind we are going no doubt so, has anyone heard how the big 12 championship will work one verse two okay, one verse. yep yep uh we'll go next to ethan brown uh the ambassador sorry uh going last name but you're a you're a very uh famous man so I, w- I wouldn't say people. famous maybe maybe notorious i don't know <laughs> well, it's going to be your senior season. Uh, you will be the ambassador uh, during, uh, I, I think, most of these football games. So uh, what are your thoughts on this final Big 12 season for you as a student, assuming you graduate next year? I, I shouldn't assume things. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm to graduate. If, so, if I don't graduate, something's going to be wrong. Um, but, yeah, it looks like we're going to be going on a lot of road trips. Um you know, we finally get the respect of, like, not having to go on the road to start conference play. I really respect that. And then to the end of – and then ending the year with future wide receivers coach Matt Campbell um, playing his former team, that's going to be a – that's going to be a big deal. And uh, hopefully we can beat Arch Manning when he's eventually starting for Texas. Uh, you, you always know how to uh, get me to smile and, and laugh. Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. Uh, we'll go Callie Mike, and then we'll end this one with uh, the Coffee Fiends. Callie Mike, uh, we finally have it, and there's something about having that schedule and starting to daydream about the winning streaks and, ooh, maybe I'll go to this game. Oh, what about that one? Um, so what are your thoughts now that we have all 12 games right in front? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's about time is what I would say. Um, you know, I'm I'm really – bad about planning ahead and this year I actually printed out some calendars to get ready and then I went to grab the football schedule and I was like holy shit this thing's not even available yet um but it's good to have it uh I think it is very interesting that we do not have the huge travel games like uh no BYU no Cincinnati no West Virginia um and UCF is coming to us so, you know, I think that plays in our favor big time. Um, I agree. I'm a little upset that we don't have the Utah, the, the BYU game. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to making that trip 
uh, as it won't be very far from me. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's favorable. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, I think we're going to do quite well with this schedule. So I, I know everyone wants to go to that BYU game. I, man, I, 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 I can't find the text message right now, but I think, I think, uh, little birdie told me we might be in Provo, Utah in 2024, uh, don't break my kneecaps if that turns out not to be true, but I think that is currently the plan, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, you're right. We are, you know, at Stillwater, which is, you know, uh, one of the closer games, obviously not leaving the state with Lawrence, Columbia, uh, you know, just, you know, four hours from Manhattan, uh, and then Austin and Lubbock. So not a lot of uh, crazy big road trips. So great call out. Uh, and we'll end this one with Nick. Nick, uh, thoughts on the uh, Big 12 schedule? Well, we finally got our first Big 12 game at home. But then, bam, bye week. So still don't understand that. Um, yeah, kind of disappointing not really going anywhere. Uh, with the new teams, but just excited to see the potential uh, winning s- season we'll have to defend the championship. But um, I guess my question is, has anybody heard anything on how they're going to rotate teams? I haven't found anything yet on how they're going to do that in the coming future. So I I believe, I believe uh, there is a 2024 schedule that they have agreed upon but that could all go up in smoke when uh oklahoma and texas leave um if if they uh you know leave and aren't here for the 2024 season once we are at the 12 teams i think they will announce hey uh this is what it's going to be i believe they are doing the whole protected rivalries thing uh, Brett Yormark did say that. Um, now there was no announcement of, oh, okay, uh, K State, KU, and K State, Iowa State, those are protected. And, you know, these games are protected, all this type of stuff. I don't think that has been announced, but I think each team is going to have two or three games that are protected, and then they're just going to rotate through there. Uh, and and play, you know, the other six games in a rotating basis. I got you. Yeah, that was just my question. But also, um, Horn's down, and then OU just doesn't want this smoke. So they're just scared to play us. I love it. All right, and then the final planned one, and we'll see if there's enough time to go wild card or not after this. Thad Ward is leaving. He is going back to Illinois where he spent time actually as a running backs coach uh, back in the day. So he'll be coaching with Brett Bielma and the Illinois Fighting Illini. Uh, So we'll just kind of say, all right, uh, uh, any final words, any thoughts uh, for Thad Ward? And then if you have a guy, if there is a coach you want to see uh, brought in coaching the wide receivers. Uh, now's the time to kind of throw your uh, your candidate into the ring. Uh, let's go with Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis, uh, final thoughts on Thad Ward, and who would you like to see take up that man? Well, he wasn't here very long, so I don't know how big of a loss it is. I, I couldn't really tell from the last season. 
um, if, if we were getting the most out of our guys or not uh, in the wide receiver room. Um, my vote would be for Cody Cook. I think he knows the position. He, my understanding is done a heck of a job at Hutch Juco, and uh, I forget where else he has uh, where else he has been. But I think he did two years at Hutch Juco, and he's currently a grad assistant at Tennessee. Oh, that's right, Tennessee. Yeah. So I don't know if that's enough of a resume, and and it might just be you know the the Homer cat thing, but um, I think it would be great if he knows his stuff and can come in here. I know he has a passion for for K-State and uh, always a wildcat, and that could be good for the team. But I, I don't know enough other wide receiver coaches that, that might be up for the job. So Let's go next to Colorado Cole. Colorado Cole, uh, anything about uh, Thad Warden? Is there a uh, dream candidate you want to bring in? Uh, yeah, sucks to see Thad Ward go. Uh, seems like he's had a positive impact on the wide receiver room ever since he uh, came into the position. Um, and it really sucks just to see – what we've had four wide receivers coach in four years or something like that, or will be this will be the fourth. Yeah. Uh, well, so like Philip Brooks, he had, uh, I can't remember uh, who was the wide receiver coach at the end uh, with Bill Snyder, but he had him. He had uh, uh, Jason Ray. He had Courtney Messingham. He had Thad Ward. So uh, this will be uh, Philip Brooks fifth different receiving coach. Yeah, that's just like seems like not a good thing, but hopefully we can make a good hire here. Um, I mean, I've seen people throw around the Jake Waters name. Uh, I think it would be a pretty solid hire. Um, I also like the Cody Cook. Uh, it would be seen as a bit of a reach maybe or a homer hire, um, but I think he'd be a great coach. But most importantly, I think we just need to grab someone who can really uh, invest in recruiting and keep up the trend of bringing in some. uh... Yeah, I believe Jake Waters spent last year as the inside wide receiver coach for Iowa State. Uh, We'll go to Ethan Brown next. Ethan Brown, any thoughts on Thad Ward and any names? throw uh in the book. message to Thad Ward is don't take Trace Bivey or Wesley Watson with you we really like those guys and don't take any wide receivers with you um yeah don't take anyone with you um good luck at go at your homecoming sort of thing but um in terms of wide receivers coaches I want to see Heck, I know he just got promoted to offensive coordinator, but take Brian Hartline from uh, from Ohio State. Just just demote him back to. If we somehow pulled that off, uh, you know, I I uh, I think we'd have to start calling you, uh, you know, the genie instead of the uh, instead of the ambassador, because uh, that would be a great wish. Uh, let's go, Will the Throw, and then we'll go, Callie Mike. <clears throat> I. Uh, I actually had both Cody Cook and Jake Waters, who I, who I were gonna I was gonna say um, for a replacement, but I do have full faith in this coaching staff um, that they will find the right person for it. Um, I would selfishly love to see 
Cade Warner come back as a GA, not necessarily the coach himself, but as an assistant and help out. I don't think that would happen, but I feel like he would be able to help out in a tremendous way because he's so freaking smart. Um, But yeah, uh, I would say probably the two top that, and those are names that have been thrown would be Jake Waters and Cody. So I'll say this. uh, I don't think it'll be this year. I think Cade Warner is going to attempt to play some professional ball, whether it is floating around in the NFL practice squad type thing, can or Canadian football, USFL, X, uh, all that type of stuff. Hell, the Arena Football League is coming back. I, I know Cade Warner is going to uh, keep giving uh, football a go, but I would not be shocked when he decides to call it a day. Uh, I, I think you'll get your wish. I think one day Cade Warner will uh, be a grad assistant at K-State. Um, we'll go Callie Mike, and then we'll end this with Nick, and then we'll kind of have a uh, end of end of question or end of show question. Uh, so, Callie, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to stay with the Homer tip just because, you know, I don't. I want dudes that love K-State but also have some talent, and we got plenty to pick from. Um, I like the Jake Waters nod because, you know, fuck Iowa State. Um, but how about Michael Bishop? Let's bring him back and uh, get him on the coaching staff, huh? like to see him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how that would go, but nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, go Nick, and then uh, we'll go, uh, we'll go uh, uh, unplanned question to end the night. So with the Jake Waters and Cody Cook, uh, speculation you have to remember this we chose a guy to be our quarterbacks coach that played at k-state and then we chose him to be our offensive coordinator and look what that brought us so just think of like Callie mike said bringing someone that loves k-state and they know football nothing wrong with that we will end this uh, show with a question that came in from Bonehead and uh, basically the man who is h- helping uh, take all of K-State uh, athletics uh, Twitter accounts, K-State men's basketball, K-State football, K-State athletics, viral on a regular basis. Cody Izzard asked, uh, if you could make any one update to Bramlage, what update would you choose? Uh, he had some funny ones in there. So you guys can be funny or you can be serious. Uh, I'd be interested in what you guys would think. I personally love Bramlage. I've been in Bramlage more uh, this year than I have since 2018. Uh, so let's hear it. What changes would you make if you could unilaterally make a decision for Bramlage? I will cut you off and kick you out of uh, the show for the remainder of the episode, if you say something like move back to Ahern or something like that, I'm not having it. And Wills is not here to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, so let's start with Cole. Uh, Cole out in Colorado, what are you adding or what are you doing to Bram? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of things I love about Bramlage, but one thing I do not love is the way it looks from the outside. So what I would do is take the exact – limestone look you have on all the football facilities and just extend that onto Bramlage and somehow 
type of wrapping around. Uh, I don't know how it would be done, but I'm assuming I have like unlimited budget. So that's what I would do. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. And speaking of Bramlage, the K-State women are currently up by one going into the fourth quarter over number 12, Iowa state. So anyone listening live that has ESPN plus feel free to throw that on there. We'll go Ema Elvis next. Ema Elvis, what are you adding or changing or doing to Bramlage? Okay, just give me just one game during Chris break when the students are gone in a hern. Oh, my God, Ema. Uh, I, I like you. I like you. and I'm not going to kick you out. But, I mean, that building's about to be condemned, my friend. I know. I, they'll probably tear it down, which will be kind of sad. But it's it's done its time. Uh, for Bramlage, maybe so you don't have to walk down every stair and walk back up every stair, especially if they start selling beer in there. Or do they sell beer in there? I don't know. Uh, they do. The oh, Yep, they, they do. Not Manhattan Brewing Company beer, the best craft beer in the state of Kansas. Why do not have beer at the football games then? Uh, well, because many people want to be want to exit re-entry. But, I mean, that, but, that'll but be a summer after. What I'm saying is, <laughs> put tunnels in so they come out maybe in the middle of the floor uh, or not the middle of the floor of the stairs. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it'd be different, a uh, different way to get in and out. Um, and especially like uh, walking out always just seems to be a big cluster um, where everybody seems to stop on the stairs for some reason, instead of walking out. So I'd, I'd make wider tunnels that come into the, uh, to the stands, but I, I can't think of anything else that would improve Bramlage. Um, I think we've already cut it down seating wise about as much as, as we dare, but yeah, tunnels would do that too. That'd take out a bunch of seats. So I don't know, but a lot of, a lot of Coliseums are going to 10,000 or right around that mark. Uh, from from larger facilities. So I'm not sure what the answer is there. All right, we'll go next to Callie Mike. Um, I don't know if it is big enough, but I want them to put in the infrastructure so that we can switch out the floor for an ice rink for our hockey team. Yeah, we, we need we need the hockey. We need the hockey team. I love it. Uh, we'll go Nick, then Ethan, and then uh, we'll end with. So, I'm. I, I guess this is my my first question is: Do we have anything that pays tribute to Ahern? Like, not necessarily signage or anything like. I haven't been to Bramlage in a while. Um, do we have anything paying tribute to Ahern? Yeah. So there is on the concourse. Um, and, and I can't remember which, uh, above what section it is, but it has something that talks about Nichols gym, talks about a Hearn. Uh, so there is uh signage in there. Okay. Cause I think that's probably good. That needs to be updated, especially with a Hearn the way it is right now. Um, and going to be in which I still think we need a wrestling team and turn a Hearn into a wrestling facility, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think that for Bramlage, I think someone said it on Twitter. I don't know, remember who. Uh, move the student section 
to full court and full 90 feet or whatever, instead of being out in the corner. Um, I don't know if that, how that's feasible with the new uh, seating for the premium seating. Um, other than that, obviously the court redesigned. And then I liked um, what I think it was Callie Mike that said the, the facelift on the outside. That was, that was pretty nice on, or so, someone else said that. It wasn't me. My bad. My bad, Cole, Colorado Cole. Uh, that was a, that was a good shout out. I like that. Um, so that's it for me. All right. We'll go Ethan and then Will to call them. All right. So the, <clears throat> the advocate and uh, access director part of me agrees with Elvis. We need less stairs or more handrails. For, for safety purposes and but the uh the fun side the fun side agrees agrees with um with uh the he just left but the guy who just spoke about um Nick. you're here no, that's a coffee feed. come on sorry I, i'm doing work right now but um yeah coffee i agree with coffee nick we just need to make the student section big because um you know in addition to uh, if he's going to stay here forever, we need a uh, we need a larger student section. Uh, just just to play devil's advocate, if Drum Tang is going to succeed at the level that he is, uh, you don't want to take away one of the higher donation sections from people who are going to help fund to keep him here. Just to play devil's advocate, uh, and also the second biggest student section already in the Big Twelve. But hey. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Wait I know, I, I know. I'm always a buzzkill. And then we'll end with Will, and then we're going to call it. To rebut on that, didn't you say it was infinite money? So oh. technically, you wouldn't need the donors. <clears throat> uh, infinite, no, infinite money to change something in Bramlage. <laughs> it's so, okay. It's know. okay. No, no, it's okay. My coffee business will supply the money to restructure. Okay, well, you you better you better get to roast. Well, you better get to ordering, Scott. I need <laughs> the money. Come on. I can only... Um, so realistically, uh Nick said the court. Uh we we do need to update that court. Um but if we're going to think outside the box, then I would like um I was going to say student section, but I'm glad that Ethan did because I feel like, and he would know about this. Like I, I'm not for certain if we're getting, if we're if, if there's a need, you know, by by students not getting their tickets. So if we could build that bigger, that would be absolutely awesome. But yeah, to me, the court is an eyesore, and that's what really needs to be updated. Um, and I can't think of anything else, maybe other than. No, I can't say that on here. Yeah, we're just going to go with uh, up. Man, I'm disappointed that uh, folks didn't build a second sh- Shamrock Zone for uh, you know the non big time donors. But hey, that's that that's fine. That'll be my answer to this Q and A show. Uh, but that's all we have. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us for another live show. Please be sure to check out Manhattan Brewing Company. If you're not able to make it to K- the K State games on Saturday or Tuesday. They're always running great specials on Townie Wheat and Tang Party during the game. So if you're not in Bramlage, the place to be during K-State basketball games is Manhattan Brewing Company. 
So for my dog, Chauncey, uh, who's the best co-host in the world, for all the boneheads who participate tonight, we love you guys. And go Podcast Network.